It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yesterday, you may remember on Late Lunch, we carried a wonderful feature on sepsis with Siobhan McMahon and Adrian Cleary. Subsequently, Philip Heary was in touch to tell us about his recent experience with sepsis. And I want to bring his story to you this afternoon. Philip, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you, Jerry. Do you remember who you were on that day, just to go back to that for a second? I do, the, the, the Twin Tower thing, yeah. I was putting a knife in the combine over in uh, QE Brady's Seal in Carlton. I broke a couple of sections of the knife and I was changing the knife. And the jeep was beside us and the radio was on. And I actually thought it was a kind of a thing like Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. I was sure of it until we heard then that the second plane was after hitting. Yeah. And then we realised there was something serious after happening. Well, talking about something serious happening and being hit by something, let's turn the clock back to late last year in your life, Philip Perry. You were unwell. I was unwell. I was unwell for a long time. But um, when you're self-employed like I am, an agricultural contractor, and you're dealing with a busy silage season, um, I was busy trying to get silage cut for my customers. And uh, I hadn't really a lot of time to think about myself. Um, I was falling asleep, uh, so I was, and uh, I wasn't going to the toilet a lot. I'd go in the morning and I wouldn't have to go for the whole day. And uh, I was drowsy and uh, some days uh, i just have to pull over and, and, and go asleep. I remember one morning I left Elizabeth, my partner, at work in Upper Navin Hospital. I left her there around half seven and I woke up, so I did the far side of the road, and I was actually parked. I don't know how i done it. Uh, my guardian angel must have pulled me across the road safely and stopped the jeep, but I was actually stopped. I don't know. I could have killed somebody. I don't know. But I kept ignoring everything. I just thought I had a flu, so I hadn't. So you weren't suspecting there was anything else up? Just uh, a bad absolutely flu? Absolutely And I tell you, I was putting on a lot of weight and a lot of weight, and people were saying to me, Jesus, you must be eating all in the place. And, and I wasn't eating a lot in the place. So I wasn't. You were retaining fluid. I was retaining fluid and gallons of fluid, retaining fluid. I actually went to 36 stone. Wait. 36 stone weight. What was the point that everything changed and suddenly, you know, Elizabeth was onto this and, and your whole world was turned on its head? It was in, in late November and I just came home one evening and I just didn't feel well and I went to bed. And uh, Elizabeth, my partner, uh, knew I wasn't well, and she rang for an ambulance 
for me. She wasn't happy with the way I looked and the eyes were sunk in my head and I had a big blotchy face on me and she knew I wasn't right and the the ambulance didn't come out at all or that I had the flu and to take paracetamol and I'd be okay. So she just wasn't happy with this at all. So she rang my brother and the next day um, the, it was Sunday. So Monday they took me, I don't know how she got me dressed and out of the bed and I don't know how she got me down the stairs because even at the minute for me to go up and down the stairs is a battle. And um, they brought me down to Dr. Wardrop in Kells. And in fairness to that man, when that man seen me, he put me on oxygen straight away and he rang for an ambulance to come and take me. Now, I was brought to Navin Hospital. Seemingly, I was in Navin Hospital for two days. And they sedated me in Navin Hospital. I was in ICU up there. And uh, I was put in a cage-like thing and brought to Dublin the next day in, in, in a special ambulance. A whole crew came down to move me. It took them three hours to get me ready for the move. I don't remember any of this at all. It's only for what I'm being told by my partner and my brothers and sisters. That's, you know... That's how ill you were. Oh, I was really, really ill. I didn't realise it, you know. So... To Dublin you go and into the hospital and you have to have a tracheostomy fitted. I have to have a tracheostomy fitted. To help you breathe? I couldn't breathe. I was, my breathing, I was on 100% oxygen, so I was, in that ambulance the whole way up the road. So I was. An induced coma followed. I was in in and out of an induced coma for for six months. Oh, sorry, six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks. And had you any awareness, Philip, of what was happening? You know, you say you were in and out of it. Had you an awareness as you came out and were back into it again? I had serious hallucinations, Jerry. I was all over the place. I thought everybody in the hospital was trying to kill me. So I did. I dreamt. Uh, I, to me, it was real, right? Um, I was up on the roof of the hospital and there was... Uh, Nurses chasing me with hatchets and doctors coming after me and the whole thing was crazy and the fire brigade was trying to get me off and there was helicopters and everything. And I believed all this. It was like being in a James Bond film. That's what I remember, you know. I, I was really, really out of it, so I was. You didn't recognise Elizabeth or anybody oh God, who no. was... Nothing. 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 You remember nothing of that time nothing. at all. And I want to say, Elizabeth, your partner's here in the studio sitting mm. uh, by your side here, here this afternoon. So in and out you were uh, of uh, induced coma over a six-week period in intensive care unit. And then you're moved out into the high dependency unit. Out into the high dependency unit, yeah. Tell us how long you spent in hospital in total. 250 days altogether. 36 weeks. 36 weeks. I was two days in Navin Hospital, which I have absolutely no recollection of at all. And I want to thank them all there. They were absolutely brilliant, I believe, for what they'd done for me there. And I was 248 days in the Matter Hospital in Dublin. How long are you out at this stage? I'm home, what, six weeks at the minute. At the minute. Yeah. So this is very recent for you. Yeah, very recent, yeah. You you obviously come to a consciousness when you're in the high dependency unit. You become aware that you're yeah. in hospital. Yeah. You're told by Elizabeth and others yeah. what has happened to you. They fill you in. They fill me in, yeah. When did when did you know you had sepsis? When I was in the high dependency unit. They told me what I had. They told me it was a, a silent killer. 
and against all odds, I was alive. So I was, I was you know, three times it tried to whip me. So it did. And I was anointed three times. My people were called, my mother, my brother, my sister, Elizabeth, they were called and they were told by the doctors to start making preparations, putting my house in order that I wasn't going to see the night through, you know. And how did you feel? Did, did, did you feel that you were on death's door? I was all over the place, Jerry, and to tell you the truth, yeah, I do believe I was on death's door because I could see my granny and my uncle Nicky and friends of mine that were dead and gone and they were sitting on my bed and at the end of my bed and they were all there smiling at me and just the same as I'm looking across the table at you today, sitting there. It was just so real because when they were gone, I, I'd asked the nurses, where did they go? Can I, would they come back to me, you know? You actually saw this? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, oh without a doubt. There is a God out there. There is something out there. Some, something, somebody, my guardian angels brought me through this. Dr. Carter said to me, Philip, he said to me, when I was leaving the hospital, he said to me, Philip, he said, you are nothing short of a living miracle, he says. This is why I come to work, he said to me. He said to me, to see you get out of that wheelchair today and walk over to me, he says, is nothing short of a miracle, he said to me. He said to me, do you see that little girl over there, your partner, he says. I had to go, he says, one night and call her aside and tell her to start making preparations, he says, for you a funeral, he says. As a doctor, he said to me, that is one of the most terrible things, he says, I have to do. You had multiple major organ failure. Everything failed. My kidneys went, my lungs went. I was 100% breathing on the machine. Ventilator. I was on uh, dialysis for a solid month. I even had radiation treatment. Nobody was allowed coming into the room, except the old faithful. Elizabeth came up to me that night. After 250 days I spent in the hospital, she came to me for 248 days. I had to have a row with her to stay at home for two days because she was literally, and when I say literally, falling over Santa. She never left me side. And she's here with you again today, but somebody sadly did leave your side when you were in there. My father. Uh, and Jerry, that was one of the hardest things that happened to me in that hospital. I mean, I put up with it a terrible lot. My father wasn't well with dementia, so he wasn't for, he was nine years at home, and my mother and my family and the best of carers minded my father. I was a very lucky man to say that I lived at home for 35 years and then I worked with my father all my working days. I worked with him on the scaffolding. We worked with him cutting timber. We worked with him in the agricultural contractor. I was blessed to say that I spent all of my working life with my father. And the morning he passed away was one of the hardest things. It's like that song, Mike and the Mechanics, The Living Years. I wasn't there that morning when my father passed away. I wanted to tell him all the things I wanted to say. You know, it's just so meaning. And that was one of the hardest things. I will always be a hard thing. 
But the day that my father died, and that was on the 22nd of June, that's the day that the doc came in and he took the... He took, he took the tracheostomy out of me. And uh, he said to me, Philip, he said, we have been weaning you for the last two weeks, he says. Now, he said, you didn't know, he said, but you probably found a difference. I said, in no time, doctor, he said, I found a bit of a bit of a change in, in, in me breathing. He said, no, he says, you're actually now breathing on your own. On that day? On that, on that very day, it's as if my father mm-hmm. passed over and gave me his life. And you couldn't go. You there was no way you could go to his funeral. He was I couldn't. And his funeral was a couple of days later. Mm. And I asked Doctor Sadler, and uh, she's the professor there. And she said to me, Philip, she says, "You're after coming a long journey." She says, "You defied everything." She says, "If you go to the funeral," she says, "and anything happens," she says, "Where are you going to get oxygen?" She says. You know, if you get an infection again, right? And she says, she says, all our good work will be undone. And I said, Doctor, I said to you, I am not going to go against your wishes, I said. That must have been very tough. It was very, very tough. So it was. But a friend of mine, Christopher Duffy, came up and we looked at my father's funeral on the net. The Celts church is on the net, you know. And a good friend of mine, Brian Corn funeral undertaker in Kells he looked after daddy and I'll tell you one thing I was so proud of my family and so proud looking at it from my hospital bed there was nothing I could do and the best people looked after daddy when I wasn't there to look after him you know and that was very and the amount of people that day that came from Kells I had 14 visitors that day came up from Kells to see me in my hospital bed when you were lying in hospital, Jerry, as long as I would, if a mouse stuck his head up at you, you'd be so happy to see him. And especially to see somebody from home. There is no place like home. And look at the friends, those friends. Those you friends. really do know who's oh, who, God, don't you, you? Know when you go through this. Yeah. The amount of cards, Jerry, I mm. got was only this studio wouldn't hold them. Mm. The amount of medals, the amount of priests that came up to see me. I said, the Cistercian monks... I had the chaplains, you name it. I had them all. The uh, uh, chap used to come to me with a, a Padre Pio glove. Padre Pio. Padre Pio glove, oh, yeah. God. Do you know what I mean? There is a God out there. Let nobody tell you that there's not. There is definitely well, something out there. There is with your story, Philip yeah. Perry. Philip Perry survived sepsis. He's with me on Late Lunch today telling a story. Tell them quickly how you did, you know beat the hospital eventually, and get to a significant day for your dad. The day my father died, as I said, I, I asked Dr. Salvia, could I go home to his funeral? And she said, no. And I said to her, uh, I'm out here, I says, the 26th. And she said to me, I'm the doctor, she says. I don't tell you how to cut silence, she says. And what do you mean, she said, you're out here the 26th? Well, I said, I was speaking to me mother, I said, and she's going to have his month's mind on the Sunday the 28th, and I'm going to be there for that, I says. So I'm out here Friday the 28th. And she said to me, not a hope, you will be here, she says, until the end of September. And I was 
she might as well hit me with an anvil, right? And I just said, nothing to her, I respected her wishes. And she was there and she had a cup of coffee in her hand and I should tell you one thing, she's a brilliant doctor. So she is. And uh, she walked out of my room and I was ready to flood into tears. And I heard her clip-clopping down the hall and the clip-clopping stopped. And I said, she's after stopping. So she turned and she came back and she stuck her head into my room and she said to me, Mr. Heary, she says, prove me wrong. I will, I says. And you did. I did. You got out. I did. I was going down to column. I had an absolute brilliant, and I, when I say all the staff in the matter hospital are brilliant, right down from the cleaners to the people that gave me my dinner, I had a brilliant physio on it, so I had. She was absolutely, Aoife was her name, Aoife Lennon. And when I used to see Aoife coming in the morning with this machine for making me get up off the bed, I used to cry. I couldn't lift my bum off the bed. And she would just persevere with me and persevere with me. And she got me standing up again that I was able to get up on a walker to walk. She got me going, do you know what I mean? So she was she was a serious inspiration to me. And Unreal. you got out. And, and I got you, out it, and I got down to the gym to call him. The next physio, he was my mm. next step. And the first day I was down in the gym, uh, Colm said, I'm going to run you through a few things. So I just said to my father, I said, little lad, I says, because I'm a big man and daddy was only a small fella. And I said, little man, I says, I need your help. I says, I want to go home. I said, you are gone and I have to come back. I said, and I have to look after my mother. And I said, I want to look after everything again. I says, that's where I belong at home. And it's as if he just put his hand out to me and ran me around that gym that day. I couldn't get over it, right? So I done well and I went down every day for me a half hour to me hour and I walked. And at night Liz used to come up to me and she'd bring me walking down the corridors, the link corridors. She'd bring me walking or she'd bring me out to the front. And she she was, uh, talk about the wind beneath my wings. She gave me the inspiration every evening to get out, walk. She wouldn't let me lie in the bed. She, when I was able to get out of the bed, she kept me walking, right? Walking, walking, walking. She said to me, I'm not coming up here, she says, for another two months. I just couldn't do it, she said. And I said, I don't blame you, baby. He says, I ain't getting out of here. So on the morning of the 25th, Dr. Sadly came in to me at 10 to 8. And she was all smiles. And she said to me, I've good news for you, she says. Have you, I says. It looks like you're out here tomorrow, she says. I told you, didn't I? Yeah, prove me wrong, she says. And you were at your daddy. And your dad's name was Philip Phil, as well. Yeah. You were at his month's yeah. mine. How are you today? I'm good, Jerry. Wobbly on the old legs. But, but you're getting there. I'm on the stick now. I'm gone from the walker. I'm gone from the wheelchair to the walker onto a one stick now. But I'm not going to let nothing baffle me. The other thing is, I want to tell listeners, three other people who were in that hospital with you, sadly, All passed away. did not make it from No, sepsis. they didn't. So what do you say to listeners today? I say to listeners here today, and that's why I'm here today, if you don't feel unwell, don't do what i done. Don't bury your head in the sand. Not everybody was as lucky as me to have Elizabeth, who's seen the way I was and got me to a doctor. Get out to the doctor. Don't mind if it's nothing serious. Go to the doctor. 
That's what they're there for. They're not going to criticise you because you come down for not feeling well. That's what they're there for. They want you to go. I knew nothing about sepsis. Everybody knows about cancer, so they do. I knew nothing about sepsis. If I had known about sepsis and I had known all the symptoms, I would have been down at that doctor, so I would have. You know. So the message is, if you are unwell yeah. and it is going beyond what it should be, yeah. go and get it checked. You missed LMFM when you're in the hospital. Oh, I missed LMFM. <laughs> Seamus and, uh, and Christy in the morning was just, you know, talk about. And then when I got a bit better that I was able to get, Liz brought me up my iPhone and I was able to put the app on. Get the Liz. LMFM app, no, no matter where you yeah. are. You'll hear us anywhere in the world. Very important. Listen, the messages are flown in here. I won't have time to read them all. Let me tell you who's been in touch. Tracy McElhenney has been on the McEntee family from Carlinstown John O'Dwyer from Kells Trevor Wallace has been on to us John and Sandra have been on Deirdre's been on they go on and on the message saying Philip Heary yeah. all my friends when I came home from hospital my brother-in-law A.O. collected me and brought me home and outside of Cherry Hill there was a big sign welcome home Philip all the trees going up the avenue up to my house what was tied around them? Yellow ribbons. <laughs> when I got up, there was about 30 kids standing with banners and cards that they had made for me. Now, Jerry, you might as well knock me for seven. I was just in floods of tears. It was like that song, Tie a Yellow Ribbon. Yeah. Well, let me tell and you. And all my neighbours were there, right? Liz and my sister, Katrina, had all this planned. I knew nothing about it. And there must have been 50 to 60 people fed in our house that day. Uh. And the, to see the kids that were crawling when I left to go to the... To, to, as I thought I was going to my, meet my maker, to come home, and they were running around riding little bicycles with Lerner wheels. It's just unbelievable. The world doesn't stand still, Jerry. It certainly doesn't. No. And you haven't either, Philip Heary. I'm going to finish now with this. Your dad, you missed his funeral. You got there for his month's mind. I did. You were very emotional here today yeah. about him. Just for your dad, Philip Heary. Yeah. And you, Philip. Mighty man. Here it is. The living years. Mike and the mechanics. Thank you very much, Thank Jerry. you for joining me. I was listening to it this morning and a half, too. It's for you. Thank you, Jerry. Take care. Thank you very much. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.